0: everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Double DM Podcast, where myself and Emil uh, talk about different topics all the time. This time it is combat. Yay. And yeah, but before we get into the main topic, I think we should explain what happened this week. Is there anything anything specific you want to talk about?
1: Oh, there actually happened quite, quite a lot. Um i finally grinded the uh, battle academia prestige leona skin for myself that took yeah, me three and a half weeks oh. three and a half weeks of uh, basically grinding league all day to actually get that stuff um, yeah, condolences. i am very happy with the skin I, I love it um it's gorgeous it is so uh, anything ttrpg related <laughs> For me, yes, obviously. Start.
0: Yeah, uh, we had uh, the Witcher campaign. <laughs> yes, we did. Again we, we did. We did have Saturday. Heavenless. Yeah, I was a bit late, but we just dove right into combat. Mm. It was a weird one, <laughs> and now we have. I think we have a specific goal. You do that. We have to achieve. Well um you tell me g- right Yeah <laughs> or at least that's uh, what the group decided mm-hmm. and the um I loved the whole thing but the ending was
1: the ending was very scary good. right the ending was scary The ending <laughs> was So so please hella scary please because the people at home obviously don't know the ending yeah. and I as the DM don't want to talk about this now <laughs> But at least I don't want to 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 tell it. You you can do that. What what actually happened? Like from the combat to where it is now. What like give me a short synopsis of the session.
0: So um, we started with a combat and fought a grave
2: hack. Yes, that's correct.
0: Yeah, grave hack. Um, Then we were a little bit battered after the combat, so we. Went after we rescued a, a bunch of mages. We went into a tavern and slept there. Our bard was touched or marked by something. Marked by something
1: by a returner. I, I don't.
0: We don't know yet by a returner. All right. Our characters don't know what the, uh, that is yet. It's just some sort of legend we heard about. Um. And she went to sleep in one bed And woke up in another
1: That, that something. Our... Like, uh, I'm gonna intervene, intervene here For a quick second yeah. uh, The legend of the Returner Because I obviously have the notes in my head um, The legend of the Returner Was basically that If one person is marked by a Returner They basically sleepwalk into the forest And never ter- never come back again um, mm-hmm. So that This bard Um Stands up at night and changes Bed is already quite Distressing for the rest Of them because well You sleepwalk into the forest Well you just sleepwalk two beds Like it, 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 it is a minor Detail but it's still there It's first step yeah
0: well, But we f- uh, didn't uh, figure out Or know about this legend Until the next morning when we talked to The barmaid
2: mm-hmm.
0: Um Um So our bard was uh, kind of scared now.
1: (laughs) Granted, that's um,
0: normal. Yeah, I I don't blame her. Then my character, a mage, tried to calm her down, which was kind of successful. And then our witcher character said something to calm her down, but it didn't. It just made it worse. And then we walked right into the next city, Oxenfurt.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, gathered some information, got a new quest sort of thing, went to sleep again, and on the no- next morning, the bard was gone. We don't know where he went, or she went. She went. Where she went? It's a she. And yeah,
1: it's it's quite distressing, and I love it. Yeah,
0: we don't have any fucking clue where she could have went.
1: As you uh, obviously shouldn't, because I didn't want to give you any information until now.
0: Yeah, I know. But like, 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 like I ended yeah. the session
1: exactly at the point where the the Witcher woke up, just saw an empty bed, and that's over. Like, you tied her to the bed. You, you tied her down, all four yeah. limbs to the bed, and one time around the whole waist, and she still disappeared.
0: And the uh, the ropes seemed to be um cut first. By pure
1: strength. Yeah. Burst by pure strength. Exactly. That's what I said.
0: Yeah. That's even scarier because the bard isn't that physically strong.
1: Nope. Not at all. So... Not at hmm. all. Hmm.
0: Well, we have to find out. Yeah. That's basically what happened in our Witcher campaign. Mm Mhm. I'm I have my next session for yeah, it it was awesome, I loved it. Um, I have my next session for the Icewind Dale campaign coming up this Sunday when this episode released mm-hmm. releases probably we are done by that uh, by then. But um, yeah, they were just banned from one of the cities in Icewind Dale. They aren't allowed to come back because they just kind of. Attacked the castle there. <laughs> yeah. Not well, really attacked, but
1: It happens, right?
0: Yeah. Intimidate or try to intimidate their way into the castle, which is always a good idea.
1: It can work, but it's usually not yeah. the best idea.
2: Yeah, it isn't. <laughs> I have uh, you had something this yeah, week,
1: right? Yeah, I have a big session coming up. Um my players just finished more or less the second chapter of our campaign of our first story arc and um, are now entering uh, Zonda the uh, capital city of the country they are in right now and yeah uh, basically they have some story uh, leading to the city and some plot hooks there but more or less they are there on their own free will for hey we just want to be here It's, it's it's a little bit of like okay yeah you you can go to the guild there to to talk with someone about the things you found out you can talk to the guard because you found other things out but that's just talks those are like done in an hour and then you are free to do whatever you want in the city and that is quite scary for me because i haven't prepped a thing yet I, I, i i will have some like I can, uh, go on their story. Like they have some things they want to do, and I can prep that, and then I can prep a little bit, like a market, a few shops, um, like a simple side quest. But usually, but but generally, I wanted them to actually do what what they wanted to do now, instead of giving them another plot hook and just saying, "Hey, you've got what you got, you've got information. Do with that what you want to do with it." And if your next session no. starts in a fucking ruin On the other side of the continent That's okay by me uh, So I don't really know what will happen So I'm Yeah, it's it's always a little bit scary If you have this big Big sandbox coming up um, Yeah, you have to prep so much Well, I, just... I, I don't have think you need actually need to prep that much I don't Just the thing of like when you when you have a sandbox thing coming up, I think you can uh, prep a way broader and less in depth, so yeah. you don't have to prep everything to the last detail. So it's easier, but you need to prep more. So it's 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 a little bit uh, give or take, and it's usually the same. Like mm-hmm. for me, at least. So. I don't know what they're gonna do, and uh, I just hope they actually use the information they have to do something with it. I don't know what, but I want to, them to do something, and not just disregard it as "yeah, we have that now, and now we can do this." And why do you want to help the merchant repair his car again? Well, it brings money. No, please don't. Like, if they want to, they can, but. They have this information, this very interesting plot hooks. Actually, they have three plot hooks and I just want them to follow one. There's three actually. (laughs) And they have three, like they are all minor, like they are not really big ones they need to follow for the story to uh, go further. But if they do, I can make a very fun few sessions out of it for them. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, I don't. That's why I always only prep one or two sessions uh, ahead and never like five or six because I don't know what they're gonna do in like yeah. four weeks.
0: Uh, I usually prep as well
1: two at most Yeah, in advance. It always pre- uh, also, uh, if you're in a dungeon, right, you can prep the whole dungeon and even if that takes six sessions, then that takes six sessions, but you have prepped dungeon, the whole dungeon. The dungeon,
0: there isn't anything that, uh, or anything major that could happen except when they say Well there are also
1: of... enough players in that dungeon to do some weird shit.
0: Yeah, I mean if they say yeah, we want to teleport out. I don't I don't want to deal with it anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. Sh- mm-hmm.
1: Sure. Do that.
0: Go there. Um, I have this prep totally. Yeah, sure, go ahead. You mm. can do it.
1: Mm. <sighs> um, I've also had my first tournament session. Um, of the ah, big yeah. tournament uh, arc That's uh, in my in my other campaign And that was quite interesting Because it was basically Gladiatorial one-on-one combats For every player And a lot of NPCs But obviously I just Don't make any NPC combat Because it's boring as fuck And um, that's actually quite interesting For today's episode Because it's one-on-one combat And one-on-one combat works In my opinion a lot differently Than having group combats Definitely. Uh, Well, uh, without getting too much into it, like having group combat is quite different than one-on-one combat because one-on-one combat is a lot of features that you get in D and D are also sometimes group-based. Like the paladin aura for getting saving throw bonuses to allies, that's more or less useless. Like you can only use it, you only have it for yourself. But the actual strength of that thing comes when you have a group. Yeah. So, gladiatorial combat is—you need to do like as a as a character and as a player and as a DM, you need to do a lot of different prep for for one-on-one combat than group combat, because the one-on-one combat works differently than the groups do. Yeah. yeah but the session went great. Um, they've got some very interesting stuff. Uh, one of the players went on a date. All right. With the shopkeeper. I mean, I mean, he wanted to, so I let him. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> I mean, he wants. Romance wanted to. is always good. Yeah, like we talked about in episode four. You should go listen to that, by the way. No, um <laughs> Romance is cool, was right? Four or three? Four. Three was the four. COVID episode. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. For me, uh, like I never really said anything about romance in the beginning of the campaign. Like I never had that discussion in session zero with my players. Mm-hmm. But I told them that if they want to do it, they can. But I necessarily won't initiate anything along those lines. Like the shopkeeper seemed interested in him, but that was because he was another tiefling, and not necessarily because there was a love interest in there. But now there yes. is.
0: Yeah, and I mean, as long as the player's
1: initiated, I will go with it. Yeah, obviously. Like, as long as and both parties are okay with it, it's fine.
0: Yeah. And uh, because you, uh, we play mostly with our friends, we more or less know what they mm-hmm. are um, okay with and not, so that's not a huge deal that yeah. you didn't address. If, it if sessions, I would play might. with
1: uh, people that I'm not this such, so familiar with, I definitely would have talked about that in the session zero, like, yeah, because that can be something that steps boundaries, that like oversteps boundaries, uh, that topic. So there's something you need to be a little bit, you need to be careful with it. But we are a friend group; it's simple for us, and yeah, nobody yeah. had a problem with it, so it's fine. Um, we nearly had two hundred listens.
0: Yeah, I mean episode last sunday just blew up i guess
1: yeah it did um yeah because it was an amazing episode i mean i have to say I, it was it endless was, skyrim i will say it again endless skyrim. endless skyrim
0: i'm so for that <laughs> but it's uh, our second most listened episode already yeah just directly behind um the first one
1: yeah, let's not talk about the first episode. It's the most listened to.
0: Yeah, obviously, but <laughs> yeah, it it's just insane. And I think we're at night uh, around nine hundred sixty followers on Twitter. Mm, around that, nearly at a one uh, one thousand. That's mm-hmm. insane as well. I mean,
1: yeah, what? that's gonna be an amazing. Yeah.
0: and And obviously, for that we have a giveaway yeah exactly I wanted to say that we are still
1: planning to do that when we reach 1k followers on twitter we will do a giveaway probably dice maybe a digital book uh, for D&D Beyond or something I don't know actually yet so stay tuned for that
0: or some sort of dice accessory or yeah something something.
1: along the lines something that people want (laughs) we still have to decide yeah exactly yeah so uh, today's Mm -hmm. topic is combat like we already talked about I would like to propose the first question to you yeah what go ahead do you plan for combat ahead of time before the session or before in in the session it comes to combat
0: Um, it kind of depends if it's story relevant or not Mm-hmm. if it's some sort of environmental encounter or encountered during a travel time i don't plan that much
1: like it's a random I encounter just... right
0: exactly but i plan the random encounters ahead i don't roll them during the session oh i, do, I hate uh, that yeah it's just it just slows uh, slows the whole game down because you have to look up stats and some uh, and sort of things so um I roll the random encounters during my preps, uh, prep phase and get all the stats, mm-hmm. and that's basically it for the random encounters. I don't do battle maps, I don't do some sort of special uh, specialized music or sound effects or something. But if it's um, story related, um, I'll generally either have a battle map uh, through the module we're playing, mm-hmm. or I just make it myself. I get the stats for the monsters, Yeah, I think of some sort of starting position, and uh, maybe some music that goes along with it.
1: If you want to listen more about music, you should listen to episode 9 with Eli from Mayday Roleplay, because first of all, she is amazing, second of all, the episode is amazing, third of all, Mayday Roleplay is amazing, and fourth of all, music is amazing. Boom!
0: Exactly. There you have it. Go listen to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we talk uh, in this episode or in episode nine. We talk about uh, on uh, what you should um, think or what you should think about when choosing the right music mm-hmm. for combat or something like that. Um yeah. One thing I like to plan ahead of times for combat is tactics for the enemies, mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Uh, or
0: especially if they're more intelligent.
1: Yeah, okay, let's go into that a little bit, I think. What, tech- what sort of tactics uh, would come to mind? Uh, what type of uh, tactics did you use? Uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, anything interesting?
0: D- depending on the um, NPC or enemy they are fighting. Um, if they are fighting some sort of monster or a pack hunting thing, for example, if they fight a bunch of winter wolves in my campaign, for example, yeah. obviously um, the wolves will pack hunt and s- try to single out a single target mm-hmm. and take it down. Um, and if the if it is human humanoid kind of enemy, they will. Uh, or if they have a a little bit of intelligence they probably will go for spellcasters first because they can um, debuff them they can slow them down they can levitate them so they can't move or something like that but regarding that they don't just walk right through the front line if there is some sort of standard
1: battle formation from the players definitely like monster like Monsters know what they're doing That's the name of a big, I think, supplement Or web, I don't actually know But it's definitely a big thing in the community Um, Any kind of monster knows what they're doing Even if their intelligence is three Because now I can tell you something From real world Biology If something survives That's for a reason Not because of luck, necessarily, at least Um, Exactly You... If a mon- one individual may be lucky, but the whole
0: species isn't.
1: No, exactly. Like 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 lions, <laughs> they can be like I, I try to think of, of an animal that's actually pretty dumb, but I can't really think of them. Because all of what because all what they have is something like sort of a primal instinct. Going for, yeah, the, going for the weakest enemy. Like if you're in, in water, right? If you're underwater and one of your players starts bleeding, sharks. May go for that enemy first because he is w- wounded he's wounded and second of all he actually attracts the sharks yeah so that is the main target
0: mm.
1: and and most of all uh, animals in
0: the real world don't just spread their attacks if you want to say it mm-hmm. like that on different persons they try to single out a specific one and take This one down before they move on to the next one.
1: If if it is chase scene, right, you go for the slowest enemy. Yeah. Because they are gonna be the ones you can catch up to. They are gonna be the ones that are the easiest to catch. So you will single out that one. So you would always as a DM if you have a monster, you need to think about what this monster actually wants. In the combat because yes you can throw something mindlessly at your players just so you can roll some dice that's totally fine if you want to do that um i i have learned it before it's, it's 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 something to get the players maybe distracted maybe actually plan in your head the next thing that actually comes up in the campaign uh or just to to do some mindless dice rolling before the players uh, before you enter the session that is totally fine but you need to normally think what actually does the enemy want because each enemy in d d at least has some sort of motivation. Like an undead Definitely. is more... maybe like Not necessarily a motivation, but a drive. Like a, so- a zombie or a skeleton. They are in the lore risen by a necromancer. So they are more or less commanded. So what is their command? Take out any other spellcaster. So they will go for spellcasters first. Um, just yep. kill every traveler across this path then they will go for the traveler that comes first or yep. like obviously you also as a dm need to pay attention to to not overwhelm your players you don't hmm. uh, you you combat is uh, can can be something very volatile because it's it's the part where the dm versus player mentality comes to life best because you control the enemy and they control their their characters So there is some sort of mentality, us versus them, because it is combat. You fight. You fight for your life. So it's obviously the I-need-to-survive-they-need-to-die mentality. And that, like, if it's just in the game, that's totally fine. That's supposed to be there. But obviously at the table, you don't need to hate on your DM just because that single enemy is actually attacking your character because your character is the one standing out of line and it's the easiest target to hit.
0: Yeah, F- if he's vulnerable, the enemies will go for it. Yeah, that's just that's just basic.
1: Yeah, um,
0: motivation drive or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And regarding tactics, I just thought of thing uh, a thing I did re- uh, for a, a, a kind of a year back or so. Okay. Um, they fought an kind of animal monstrosity thing, and one player went down, and the drive this enemy was to get food yeah so this monster just grabbed the down uh, the down PC and uh, brought it or tried to bring it into his lair yeah so it's um, very common thing to do right Try to disengage and just book it for his lair mm-hmm. they stopped it but that's something I like to use and then, because what, what? then the healing spells are maybe out of range Yes. If it's touch, definitely out of range. If it's healing word, the, uh, the enemy might be more than 60 feet away.
2: Mm.
1: That's very interesting. But that actually just brought up a thought in my head. Because if a player is looking for advice on how to, 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 to more effectively win combat, because maybe combat is, is a little bit too complicated, not, not complicated, but uh, too hard for you. Like if you're a player... Mm-hmm. And combat is too hard for you, because you don't you don't really... Like, the enemies move too f- quickly for you and too, um, too, too, too complex. Like, the DM has a plan. Like, the monsters have a plan. They know what they are doing, but you do not. Then, as a player, how about you try to, in your character, obviously, try to find out what those monsters want, what the enemy wants. Because if you find out that drive, that motivation you can exploit it you can yeah, you can work it. you can work against it if an enemy if if wolves go for the weakest enemy first make the weakest animal a uh, weakest enemy for them untargetable um protect no. them or just stop them from engaging in combat with them uh so, like if you're a tank and the wizard behind you is getting attacked what you need to do is get between him and the enemies, because you have opportunity attacks, and they and enemies don't nearly want to run away from you again if you are standing next to them, because they get an extra where hit.
0: Push and shove attacks and yes. throws and grappling comes yes. into play.
1: Please use those kind of things if you're a player. It's
0: fucking underused and underrated. It's underused,
1: underrated, and I as the DM love it if my players use it against me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 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 like. We had this um, the, the, the uh, tournament session, right? We had um, mm. prena- preliminary rounds where everyone needed to fight and they were graded and then uh, selected into the tournament. I put up... A, a, it was a four-man uh, free-for-all in, in a little arena uh, in, in, in just basically a wooden floor that ended at some point. And if you get shoved out of that wooden floor, you're out of the game. You're out of combat, right? You, yep. You're not allowed to enter back in. And we had a fi- I had a fighter that had um, he didn't have a sh- used the shove attack, but what he did, he had a, he had a sword that allowed him to control the wind around him and push enemies back. So what he mm-hmm. did, because everyone started in a corner, was run into the middle, let enemies come to him, run to a corner, run around them when it was his turn, and push them out of the ring. He didn't even yep. have to attack them, and it was genius because he understood what the game was about. He un- he understood the combat, the purpose. He understood it. He he looked at his surroundings and found out a clever way to win a combat that he might not have actually won otherwise. Because yep. we had him, we had we like he pushed two players out of the ring. There was a fourth. There was a that was a wizard with spell slots prepared flying in the air unhittable for the fighter so if the fighter took any more time with those two the wizard would have won the combat because he would have just put a fireball into all three of them damaged them all and basically won the whole round with that no what what, that, that 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 player was so smart because he used the environment around him because he understood what the objective was and for dm if you want to like uh, this episode obviously running combat is not hard like just roll some dice but making combat interesting is giving the combat an objective making Hmm. the combat not about killing but about winning um that, that that's not because if you kill an enemy you win the fight but Winning doesn't... some other ways to win. Yeah, exactly. Use the environment around you. If you're fighting on a cliff, you don't need to kill the enemy. You can push him off the cliff. That will neutralize them. That will neutralize any threat for you. That's totally fine. That is an amazing way to end a combat. And to end a session. If that session Mm -hmm. ends with that combat. Because shoving an enemy off a cliff is amazing. It's it's an amazing feeling for your players, right? Um, Yeah. One another thing that you said is starting position. I wanted to talk a little bit more about that,
0: actually. But I have to intervene really quickly because you mentioned it already. Uh, one thing we have to plan for combat SDMs is always environmental threats yeah. or differences. For example, the cliffs, the um, arena-bound
1: um, drop the after bounce, the floor. The bounds, right. Um, yeah. Different things, place can use. like poison, gas, uh, if you're... Mm-hmm walking into through a swamp or um, a sewers, um, shifting grounds. So maybe what I'm just thinking about is is like a clockwork arena, right? Where the where you shift the battle map every time, like mm-hmm. having several awesome. battle maps, uh, like 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 um, uh, uh, how uh, I don't know what they are called, um, interlocking mechanisms that basically turn the arena every time. So mm-hmm players get moved around a lot and that's interesting as heck actually i need to do that somehow yeah. um yeah no th- because like that's amazing because then you have more than just an enemy because um for example i have thought of an uh, i like combat isn't about just hitting stuff combat yeah. is about c- combat is some sort of puzzle finding out what will give you an advantage what will win you the combat and what will get you to like what will get you to your goal is your goal to mm-hmm. kill the enemy then how can you do that the quickest way possible is your goal to run away how can you escape is your goal to get to an entrance how do you get there is your uh, is your uh, objective to survive how do you do that like Those are the things that players and DMs need to think about. Because combat isn't just enemies against players hitting, 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 hitting and using a spell. No, it's like we already said about using all these different things to make a very interesting and complex way of solving something. Solving a problem. The problem being whatever you want from that combat. Having an enemy chase you. um, Having an enemy try to kill you is simple. But... Having an enemy try to activate Some sort of mechanism at the end of a bridge Or something like if you have a bridge That's like you need to Hold the line on a bridge and you have an enemy That needs to get over the bridge That's very interesting because Your objective is to hold them Their objective is to get over this Over the bridge so uh, Then you need to think about what is Under the bridge is it a river is it A lava is it lava right There's Mm -hmm. so much stuff You can think about and it's like, combat can be really interesting and it can also be very boring, very quickly.
0: Yeah. Uh, one environmental thing that is often overlooked, I think, is just the lighting situation. Yeah. In, in 5e, in general, you have enough players with dark I vision.
1: I looked it up uh, the other day, exactly 50% of all races have some sort of dark vision.
0: Yeah. In my seven-player group, only two. Uh, players have dark vision so
1: in one of mine we only have a gnome with dark vision we have a dragonborn yeah. and two humans no dark vision for mm-hmm. them and the and the gnome has dark vision i also have a rule in place if you, uh, people remember that from the homebrew episode uh, where dark vision isn't necessarily as strong as before because you still need a light source for 60 feet dark vision to actually see something, that can be a small candle you hold in your hand or mm-hmm. a torch or something, but you can then still see the 60 feet away. Like a torch gives like you, you 40, just... 40 feet of, uh, in a radius of more or less light you can see in. That mm. 60 feet gives you an additional 20 feet when not, where not, nobody else can see something. That's still very good. But um, yeah, so. Yeah, lighting situation is very important. Um,
0: because if no one can see in the dark, you make all your attacks with this disadvantage, mm. and
1: because you can't see. And also, I would um, love to say something. If you think dark vision is OP, read the raw as written rules on dark vision. They are not OP, because you are you see something as if it was in dim light. I think. You can't mm-hmm. discern colors or any kind of details. You yeah. still make your attacks with disadvantage, I think, actually.
0: I, um, wait, you I, don't I have just, to look that up now,
1: like, we don't want yeah. to slow this down. Um,
0: because if you don't have dark vision you essentially have the blinded condition. Yeah. Sort of, I think, so you miss ranged attacks in general. Let me look that up real quick. Mm. (coughs) Uh, 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 Conditions. Yeah, but the thing is... um, A blinded creature can't see and automatically fails any ability check that requires sight. Attack rolls against the creature have advantage and the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage. Yes. So you're easier to hit, you don't hit as as good, and you uh, immediately fail... So you autofail fail anything relying on
1: sight. What I want to say just with that is read the rules on dark vision because a lot of people think dark vision just means you have a night vision goggles on because you don't. You don't. Dark vision is just so that people can see a little bit in darkness but there is still a lot of stuff they can't discern. They, they can't really see. Like if they, if they are in 60 feet range of something Yes, they may be able to see something, but they don't necessarily know that it's a fucking T-Rex. Yeah. And well, I they mean, will um, probably know because d- of the foot stomping and roaring that will come with it. Yeah. But, but yeah. not because they see the T-Rex. Yeah, exactly. Like,
0: uh, And I think in dim light you make perception checks relying on sight with disadvantage. Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely. You but do. you don't
0: auto-fail them, so there's yeah. a slight chance you So then, might there, see the,
1: the, There's see a lot something. of stuff, like lighting condition is very strong. Um yeah. rain is another thing that obscures vision. Rain. Mm-hmm. I love it. Having a combat in rain and just and say anything that obscures <clears throat> vision is a nightmare to any caster and rage character. And I know mm-hmm. now you're going to think, well, yes, this is something that like if I am an enemy, like a night like, like those winter wolves we talked about for you, right?
2: Mhm. If
1: they I assume they are very good against cold damage. <laughs> um, do, uh, do they have resistance or a...
0: I think they are resistant to cold
1: damage. Yeah, obviously. And I think in general you can say they don't really feel the cold. So they will go hunting in a blizzard. Mhm. So that is very scary because the if you have a ranger, right? You generally think a ranger is someone that would hear like like if you if you have someone that is very perceptive they might be able to hear the winter wolves but they don't know from where they're coming from and you only can see and like now, 20 get, feet get, away and boom yeah. three winter wolves come out of the blizzard attacking you that's that's a very amazing starting position for combat
0: yeah and uh, now get this in ice one there are rules for um, blizzards, Uh uh, for example. Um, And the first thing is they last for 2d4 hours and in a radius uh, or uh, in a circle 100 feet around the storm you have a disadvantage on perception checks relying on hearing Yeah, because because of the, uh, the howling wind. Yeah. It blows uh, blows out open flames, mm. so your torch is useless.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: If you're wandering in Icewind Dale, which is complete darkness nearly all the time, except between ten and two p. Uh, ten a.m. and two p.m. and during two hours during the nighttime, mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you are basically blind the whole time. You can't hear as good because of the howling wind. You can't track. Um, you can't trace any tracks because the wind just erases Rose. them. Yeah, and flying through non-magical
1: means is nearly impossible. Like, see, I, I, if you're having a a combat, think about the weather, weather. Because I love weather as a as a condition in the game because it's so amazing to obscure any kind of uh, things. Uh, with rain clouds um like you can make it more or less completely dark if the sun is still up if su- like if a wizard uses some um dark magic to conjure some clouds across the uh, sky so that no light can go through them boom sudden darkness yeah that's amazing because that gives the wizard and maybe his uh, incoming necromancer army uh, a very good cover and sets up for amazing combat because only those with dark vision can see. Again, you need light sources, and you, you have a lot of stuff to think about. But for exa- yeah, I, 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 like, you don't need to think about this all it. the time. You don't need to think about everything all the time, obviously. But I would I would suggest. If you're running combat, always think about one thing that makes the combat more interesting,
2: mm-hmm. more
1: complex and more cinematic. Like think about one simple thing, weather, uh, conditions, maybe timer effects, like if your players are the um, are scouts for the army and they have just sent a signal to the cavalry like that is over the hill there and now they are needed now they are fighting some sort of a group they uh, from the other army the timer effect is that the cavalry from your country moves in from the, that your cavalry comes and that is something like you need to only survive for four rounds until the cavalry is here and you win the combat automatically
0: yeah because a cavalry charge against um, foot soldiers is <laughs> yeah exactly quite effective to yeah, say the least yeah like like y- or what happens if you are caught caught in one of those cavalry exactly. charges from you the enemy f- you
1: need to flee the cavalry now that's also very interesting and that that is why always one I, I like I like to focus on one f- small thing for normal combats and for boss combats I like to really plan out the whole thing like. Okay, yep. what are the lighting conditions? What area of effects? What timers could there be? All that stuff. So making this a really complex puzzle. Com, a really complex yep. puzzle you need to solve. Not only through hitting. Like you can always use the brute force method of just hitting the enemy, but you can also try to to entangle this Rubik's cube or like solve this Rubik's cube of combat uh, that is just a riddle or puzzle and
0: that makes it that much easier for you in combat yeah if you just use um brute force for example you don't have any ranged attacks Mm -hmm. in your party by what means whatsoever maybe the bow broke down you don't have a spellcaster something like that and you just try to hit the big bad and he casts fly on himself Boom. <laughs> Boom. You are done. Because you can't kind of, reach. Yeah. And then he can just bombard you with spells from above or use his bow from above or something like that. And you can't do shit. Except maybe yeah. try to throw your sword and then you don't have a sword anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Hmm.
1: Exactly, exactly. I like, there's a lot of interesting stuff to think about. Um. Again, back on those starting positions I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Because starting position Sorry, is very but, interesting but... in combat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how does the combat start? Are the players getting ambushed? Where Where is the combat? Like You, you can think about a map, right? If your players are ambushed at night while camping, they, your players will be bundled up together <coughs> in a little camp. And they have... Pos- they sounds have... like
0: Fireball to me.
1: It sounds like Fireball to me, right? Maybe they are all also still prone. Like, that can mm-hmm. throw off a full first round for your players if they are all prone or maybe even unconscious because they're sleeping. Um, that that's throws a combat a whole lot out of the, out of the waters because if you have bandits, bandits are maybe not scary enemies because they are just dudes with weapons, right? But if your players can't use a lot of their stuff be- in the first round because they are still unconscious, prone, maybe even blinded because no light in the darkness mm-hmm. that's very scary that's, that's a very yeah. scary thing Like that's a very good starting position maybe your players are the ones initiating combat then they have probably the advantage so starting position is a lot of a, a big thing to, thi- to think about for me because it defines how the combat works
0: yeah
1: are you in an a surprise adv- rounds are a big one. Yeah, surprise rounds are, in my opinion, the biggest thing. The ones
0: initiating combat usually have surprise rounds if they are not spotted or something Mm, like that. Exactly. Um, And that's where the rogue thing from the assassin
1: kicks in real good. Yes. Um, No, but yeah, exactly. Like having to think about how the combat actually starts is very interesting, because from there you can go on to, okay, how do you turn that around? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. the enemy the BBEG has ca- is flying up in the chamber right already before the combat actually started like he's already flying in the air and you don't have any real range like except for maybe the caster that has some squatching rays or something and they don't and want to waste sure. them instantly
0: yeah and but you know for sure the big bad will go for that one
1: yeah exactly but the starting position is obviously very disadvantageous because you're on on the Mm -hmm. ground you don't have a lot of stuff to hit them and you need to think about how to hit them maybe you actually just wait out the fly spell that that can be a tactic wait out their spell right um or anything anything you can think about like um Anytime you think about, okay, when is the moment I say roll initiative as a DM, that's the starting position of the combat. It can be, be- yep. before that, obviously, if, uh, if there's some v- verbal combat going on before the combat. But that just changes then the starting position. Because maybe your players are just distracting the enemy so the rogue can sneak up from behind and stab them in the first round already. That can yep. be starting position again. Thinking about... How the combat actually starts is a lot of different is a lot is a lot of interesting stuff. So, now the combat has started. What are things a DM needs to pay attention to when actually running a combat?
0: In general, um, the basic stats of the monsters, mm-hmm. like HP and AC, mm-hmm. are the most important things. Yeah, if it comes to that, saving throws for them, but. This is something you can look up uh, on the flyer real quick. Yeah, but um, AC and HP you should have ready all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, as a DM you should pay attention to the armor class and HP of the players
1: as well. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to say because because of how we uh, do role playing these days, um, role playing games. Because of the pandemic, we can't really go out and meet up. At least we can now maybe soon again um
0: yeah, i hope I
1: they're they uh on roll 20 i use roll 20 i can um every player has a token and they have three main stats um i want them to put their um their uh, hp in there their ac and their main resource because for example our fighter is a battle master and they they have these uh, martial mm-hmm. arts is it martial, battle master die? Superiority die. Superiority dice, Superiority dice, dice exactly. We have a monk with martial arts style. We have uh, key, a, a, key a points pre- and stuff. We have a wizard that uh, spell, that puts the, that puts their spell slots in there. We have a sorcerer that put their meta magic points in there, the sorcery points. Um, mm-hmm. The warlock puts their spell slots in there as well. Um, yeah, stuff like that. For
0: range dudes, maybe the ammunition. Ammunition exactly, like.
1: Some sort of main resource you you normally use in a round. Yeah. So I, as the DM, can always see how good combat is going right now at the moment because, as a DM, I don't necessarily want to kill my players. Right. Like if the yeah. death happens, it happens. But I am not the one that um, if an eni- if one of my players goes down, right, you I won't just have enemies. Stab him two times. Yeah. I don't. Want, I don't have enemies that necessarily go out of their way to attack that target now. If they are already fighting with that target and it's more or less normal for them now to go for that finishing blow then they will do that. But if I have a ranger at at the end of the arena for example that uh, hmm. is shooting the barbarian f- for all the combat and then the wizard goes down and then shoots the wizard nah I'm not going to do that. I-, I will not do that. It-, it can be a valid tactic obviously but I, I'm necessarily not the one to do that. So, I like to think, see how my players are doing because uh, HP gives me get general information of how many hits they can take anymore. AC mm-hmm. shows me a, 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 the general thing of okay, this is how many hits they will ac- they will actually take. Like, right, we have an AC of twenty. The enemy mm-hmm. has a plus of five, so they need to roll a fifteen or higher to to hit that AC the chance of rolling a 50 or higher is around um, 25%. Yeah,
2: and So every fourth oh, attack may hit. Every fourth something attack like may that.
1: hit. So that enemy has two attacks per round. So every two rounds he will land one hit, expected at least. So I, yeah. I, if you have only five HP left, that is still two rounds you survive. You, you can yeah. survive. So um, that's something... Then um, their main resource Shows me how good they are Actually uh, doing um, More or less uh, in a different way Because if the ranger Only has one arrow left Yeah fine but you can shoot that And then you're out and what do you do then That's a big question Um, So that's a lot of stuff I want like To keep track of always And players Mm -hmm. For the fucking love of god Keep track of those Of those three things yourself
0: keep track of your fucking resources
1: keep track Please. of your hp and your ac and your resources i as a dm have a lot of stuff to worry about in combat i am not the yeah. one like like if you if you have an ability a feature you can use in combat you can always ask me like if you if it's can i do that now because you may be interested you don't know the rules or behind it or the wording isn't clear to you then you can ask But what I can't do is keep track of all your stuff for you. I will not remind you of your features you have. I have to worry Mm -hmm. about the features the monster has already.
2: Yeah.
1: And I have to worry about concentration checks, effects, conditions. Do you even know how complicated that is sometimes? Like, that yeah, wizard, that wizard just... goes invisible Okay cool he's invisible I need to keep track of that because I still See him on the map But yeah. my, adam, my, 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 my my Monsters don't So I need to keep track of that sort of thing that's, that's the problem Like I can't keep track Of the abilities for you I would love to actually Like if I could I would But I can't yeah. So keep track of that stuff yourself And I know it can be overwhelming trust me i get that um but, but sit behind
0: the dm screen once and you think it's a cakewalk <laughs> yeah ex- exactly but
1: but, but 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 if you have like five abilities on your on your uh on your or five feats on your on your character and you lose track of one or two of them that's totally fine That is normal. that is that that happens to everybody even i forget sometimes monsters have features or can use this sort of spell that was very helpful in the combat but i didn't Mm -hmm. so um please try to keep track and if you can't that's not a problem like um when you're in a normal group combat there is a lot of time for you to normally think this through you have yeah. three other play. Like if you're talking about the normal four-player D and D group, you have um, around three player. You have three player turns and the monster and and the enemy turns and the DM turns. Let's say that to think about this stuff. Don't use that time to browse browse the internet for funny memes. Don't yeah. use this time to. Write someone on WhatsApp. Oh, oh, well, again, if it's important, that's more important than the game. Okay, I get that. All but right,
0: if you if you got your uh, combat
1: plan for the next round already, sure.
2: Well, well, but
1: well, I I'm always the kind of person that says pay attention. But I am not yep. your. F- but 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 I do not pay you. This is something like we always say, like if your boss calls in the middle of combat. I don't expect you to turn that call down because that can get you fired. Yeah. Right? That's something exactly. that I, I won't expect you because re- when real life is calling, please answer to real life. Yeah. My game is for fun and that's okay. If, if, if we would do this f- as a job, right, I would pay you for this, for playing with me. I would expect yeah. you to obviously turn that call down because then I'm also hmm. your employer. Um. So, yeah. Um. Uh, one so, thing
0: I wanted to yeah. ask you real quick then, um, regarding rules, because you mentioned if someone has a rule question during game or during combat, how do you handle those?
1: Um. It's simple. Uh, it depends on what they are asking. Um. But for example, if a player does something that may be rules questionable. Like, we don't know the ruling behind it. I want to go into that first. Um, mm. I let it mostly slide how they want it to slide. Because mostly that's some... If it's, if, it's not, if it's not very clear cut, mostly it's something that is very very fun, very cinematic and very cool. And I will always yeah. let that go through. Definitely. After that has happened, after the player has done their cool shit... I will use the time I have as a DM, maybe in combat or even out of combat after that, to look up if that is actually allowed that way. If it Mm -hmm. isn't, I will think about if I should let them still use it or not. And if I come to the decision of no, it's against the rules, we shouldn't do that because that can destroy the game in some sort of way, I will inform my players, hey, that doesn't work this way. I have allowed it for, for this now, but now... I won't again. From now
0: on, it won't. Happen. The rules right. say this. Oh.
1: We agreed that we will play with these these rules. We will play after the rules, right? Obviously, if if you have some sort of thing that is more or less actually forbidden in the rules, but it's super cool, I will always let you do it. But if 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 yeah. if if you want to, for example, I had a player hold a spell, hold hold scorching ray as a reaction to wait for the enemy to appear again in their line of sight. The rules on reading a spell say you need to cast the spell. To cast Scorching Ray, you need to be in range of the enemy. The enemy isn't in range, so what do you do? I was like, okay. And then I went further, and there it says you need to do any rolls. You need to prepare for the spell, you need to concentrate on it, but you can do the rolls after when when the trigger hits. So yeah, you're allowed to do that. But if it wouldn't have been allowed, I would have let them do that for the time until I found that rule and if then I find out, hey, that's not allowed, I would have said, hey, I won't rectify any turn, but you can't do that again because it's not how this game is supposed to be played and we want to do it that way. And I usually do the same
0: thing. I just go with my gut uh, right in the moment and then Mm -hmm. say, all right, let's do it this way. And then after the combat or even after the whole session, we look it up together, and on the night na- uh, yeah. when we meet up next, we discuss exactly. it and come to a conclusion. exactly, what we exactly.
1: exactly that way. Yeah. Like, if, if a player has a, has a general rule question in the combat, I answer it. <laughs> like, um yeah, hey, I uh, use, uh, hey, I have 20, 25 feet of movement. How many, how many um, spaces or squares is that on the field? And I tell yeah. them, well. A field is equal to five feet so you can move five feet five squares and if they have like a question yep. um, how many bonus actions do I have per round I answer that uh, like you yeah. have obviously you have that kind those of are
0: things um, actually you should keep in mind when planning combat as well yeah. Yeah. as a DM but once you run uh, you ran one or two combats you have, mm-hmm. have them in your head anyways mm-hmm. either mm-hmm. as a player or as a DM mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. So uh, you ba- uh, especially at third or fifth level or something like that, where you get to use action, bonus action and reactions nearly every turn. You just yeah. have in mind how many of those you have and what you can do for these.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so um, one more thing that is important in my opinion in combat is communication. Not between DM mm. and players, but between player characters and enemies. Between enemies, yeah, or even other player characters. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, yeah. because that is t- sort of the stuff we talked about with the tactics already. Monsters know what they are doing. They will communicate with, the other I- with, with each other if they have the chance. So, as a DM, you should use that as a tool for yourself to make the combat more interesting for your players. And your players, players, please use communication communicate with the other players because not only is it very cool to actually do some sort of combo but it also is but it also helps you guys actually do better in combat (laughs) like if that makes sense
0: Uh, making and one thing uh, with communication is um for example if humanoid enemies attack the group and they see that the wizard is preparing some so- a sort of big spell mm-hmm. they can uh, the boss can yell out hey that guy over there is dangerous get him
1: and then they will and go for that guy because they got no orders exactly and your, yeah. and, and then, then then the important thing is your players hear that orders as well players yeah. react to them please don't ignore them <laughs> I mean, you,
0: could, you can ignore them, obviously, but then the
1: uh, wizard dies. Well, where, where, where the thing is, like, play how you want to play the game. Again, like, obviously. this is for fun. Yeah. You need to play how you want to play to have fun. But if you think about this, how to uh, like, if an enemy, if an enemy boss gives orders to his minions, those minions will obey those orders, and then you can, as a player, use. That you know those orders to your advantage. Those minions will go for the wizard. So what we need to do is get is get the wizard away from the minions. What we could also do is put the minions in the conundrum, attack the boss. Because the minions then need to think about either we kill the wizard, but our boss dies for that. Like you have a lot of interesting stuff to think about as a player, and um, you take in a lot like as a player in combat it's sometimes easy to forget what actually is happening around you and you just see the yeah. enemy in front of you and hit it but the dm mostly does a lot of uh, uh, passive or hidden stuff you don't really realize and if you pay attention to those i will fucking ask you to marry me because that is something that, that is something so sexy the, the player can do um yeah. Paying attention to the little things I do, like an enemy um, screaming, just the word "shit" can already be a trigger. Like that enemy is that enemy is hurt. We need to hit him now. He is trying to flee. Like that are simple yeah. things you need to can you can pick up on. And if you do, your D- your DM will love you for it because it's such an amazing yeah. feeling if if the combat is engaging right combat can be just hitting uh simple stuff like but combat can also be very 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 interesting um and engaging um having enemies talk with each other having enemies talk to players having players talk with each other um this is all very engaging players engaging with the environment like um uh pulling a stone uh away and more or less uh this this whole uh, the whole cliff falls down or like a big boulder rolls down the hill now you can use like if you are a player pick up on all the things around you to use them in combat because combat isn't just simple hitting stuff it's a riddle it's something you can think about it's tactics, it's communication It's a lot of more stuff Than it's actually sometimes described To be
2: Yeah
1: It's not so simple And no DM will fault you as a player For not picking up on everything In the combat Because it, he he proposed More or less uh, an obstacle For you and it's your way to get across it He is gonna give you the stuff And you can also, like, you can also ask for stuff If you are... Um, Uh, on a wagon with your group and you get attacked by goblins from the sides maybe a spellcaster that doesn't need to stand has is safest if you crawl under the wagon so you can ask your dm hey can i crawl under the wagon and then shoot still my, my 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 spells from under from under the cart and most yeah. DMs, at least I will, always say yes, because I love that idea. of yeah, and you would get three quarters cover. Three quarters of cover. You you are prone, obviously. So if you get hit, you are very easy to hit. Um, or for at least for melee attacks, but ranged attacks. Yeah, obviously. Um, more difficult, yeah. Um, you, you obviously have some sort of obscured vision. You can't really see a lot of enemies, but you can see those around you. And like use what you got in a combat. Combat isn't just uh, doing stuff. Like You don't have to go all out, you don't have to use all of your resources on a simple goblin, obviously. But, yeah, also that is something that is also part of a riddle, right? Um If a DM has planned several combats after another, how much will the players use in the first, the second, the third, fourth combat? Because at some point they will run out of resources. Spell slots, HP, Maybe even their armor breaks. All that sort of stuff. You, you can play around, around so much stuff as a DM. And you can also use so much stuff as a player in a combat. Environments, mm-hmm. um, objects. All that stuff is so interesting to to, to actually think about. And yeah. I love it if my players pick up on stuff like, like uh, the chandelier in the, in the, in the ballroom up, up top is connected to a rope on the side. And the enemy is standing right below it. Like if a player realizes that and runs to that rope and cuts it, I as a DM yeah. love it. It's it's just incredible if a player picks up on it and uses that to his advantage. Mm-hmm. It's so cool and it's makes it makes combat so interesting, complex and cinematic too. If 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 you have engage if if you engage with it. If you just roll some dice because you want to roll some dice, combat is not going to be cinematic. But if you engage with everything that that a combat can be, it's going to be incredible. Trust Describe me on how this. your
0: attacks look. Describe yeah. how you block attacks if they don't hit you, if you dodge them, if yeah, you exactly. parry them. But if but they hit your armor, something like that. It just yeah. makes the feel of the combat that sh- that it, much it,
1: more it, it feels interesting. More incredible. But also like yeah. uh foregoing like if you're a fighter, you have four attacks around, round. Yoo-hoo! You you can hit an enemy four times with a longsword. Yay, that's four D ten damage plus strength modifier times four. Cool. Let's be over with it. But Then an artificer comes in, places the eldritch cannon on the ground that shoots the rope uh, that the enemies need Mm -hmm. to to actually get across to you because you're on the ship, right? And the artificer places the arcane cannon down to shoot the rope that the enemies use to get across, to to swing across. Boom. Cut off the enemies. Now you just need to finish off those on your ground. Like, both turns are completely fine in D&D. The fighter may have... Maybe the best option for the fighter is to just hit the enemy in front of him because it's the captain of the enemy crew, and if that if that captain goes down, the enemy crew will retreat. That may be fine, mm-hmm. but I will. But that but that artificer turn is also very interesting, even if it doesn't deal enough damage. Doesn't it de- doesn't deal any damage? Combat isn't about damage. Combat is about everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I get what you mean, um, and I think uh, artificers especially are really good at making things cinematic mm-hmm. i once played an alchemist artificer and uh-huh. i just uh, i every time i cast a spell i described how i pull out different components uh, mix yeah. them in a small glass vial and mix a potion or and then throw like a bomb what? The, <laughs> yeah or for example um i had some sort of contraption around my arm for the spell mouth acid arrow I mm-hmm. mixed some sort of special acid, put this in the contraption, and shoot, uh, shot the acid arrow. Yeah, that's some just some flavor. It doesn't mean anything, but it makes the combat more cinematic.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and I so.
0: think we should slowly get into the
1: wrapping up part, yeah. not wrapping... just
0: the episode, but wrapping up
1: combat. Exactly, wrapping up combat. Um, well, when does combat actually end, right? That's a big question. Um, yeah. The most general, uh, universally true answer is if all enemies are dead. Or if it there is can no be combat re- anymore.
0: Yeah, if they um, retreated to the point where you can't follow them quickly enough. Would be another thing. Yeah, exactly. If they run away. And if if they... they hid for a, a elongated period of time. Mm-hmm. That could also end the combat.
1: What comes after combat? <laughs> Usually looting
0: yeah for exactly. most of adventuring groups yeah because you have to loot and to level up and That's looting all there is.
1: is another yeah. very interesting thing because if an enemy has a flaming sword the players should find that flaming sword there
0: except if they teleported him to another plane <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe obviously
1: they shouldn't maybe but, but 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 generally like this um yeah there are some t- like I would never roll on a random loot table because that enemy, like I, ha, I, ha, I had some bandits recently that had a lot of oil vials and uh, fire arrows and all that stuff. That is something my players now have, that those are tools. Yep. And those tools that the enemy could have used are now the player's tools. And that is very interesting exactly. because the players saw some sort of very interesting um, tactic the enemy used and now they're going to use it themselves.
0: And one thing I like about looting as well, especially when fighting enemy, uh, monstrous enemies, is foraging. For example, hide, scales, teeth, claws, anything like that. Or even meat if the campaign is set in something where you need to keep track of how much food you have. Because you don't have any sort of city where you can restock Mm. your supplies. That's something
1: to think about. Yeah, Uh, that's good um another thing we actually already talked about in another episode is a combat uh wrapping up combat can be very very uh intricate again um is death we talked yeah. about this in an episode with check these out Marka and josh um who are both amazing uh their stream game is amazing their podcast game will be releasing on may 4th um which is in a couple of days um and the episode was amazing as well yeah It's just it was a lot of fun recording. We we talk a lot about we we talked a lot about of of what to make of a death and how to make a death meaningful in a game. Yeah, Um, not only for
0: NPCs, but uh, not only for PCs, but
1: NPCs as well. Yeah, and and death is a very interesting thing to wrap up combat because if your players have finished killing the enemy, but one player is down. They have made the last death save. They are dead. The, your players maybe don't even know that yet because you do a hidden death save rule or something and they rush mm-hmm. over and see the dead corpse of their friend and now they need to do something about it. They can revivify them. They can do, some, they can do a lot of stuff. Um, I don't want to get into it too much because we already talked about it and we are a little bit over time already. So another thing to wrap up combat is letting enemies live. Um, yeah, intentionally lives, live. Live uh taking them prisoner showing mercy um all that sort of stuff is amazing for rp interaction character development and a lot of other stuff
0: and you can get a lot of plot out of them because Mm -hmm. you can interrogate Mm -hmm. prison uh, imprisoned enemies all the time yeah
1: yeah like um combat can be described as rolling a lot of dice right and uh, some people say that it actually hinders roleplay a lot i will agree at the point that when you run combat roleplay may get uh, pushed back a little but converting combat into a lot of roleplay opportunities that That's is something you insane. need to think of combat yeah. can be a great opener to stuff and you yeah. are nemesis that came onto the battlefield and completely destroyed the party but let them live because they wanted to show their superiority. Don't Amazing. mess with me
0: or else. Yes. They have the capabilities to do so. Yes. Don't mess with me. Yes. It's better oh. for your own good.
2: Mwah. Mwah.
1: Yeah. It's it's incredible. Combat is like combat is about using tools. Like I said said this a lot of times, but combat is also a tool for the DM and the players to further the game into role-playing into going into another chapter of the game because you killed the enemy of that chapter it's for getting character development opportunities it's a a great way to get opportunities for your game and in my opinion every game needs some sort of combat Um, Mm -hmm. it can be verbal combat right you don't have to have fighting in the game if you don't want to fight but um, combat is great for is is a great catalyst for opportunities afterwards and to bundle up opportunities from before like when we talked about planning combat there was a lot of stuff right and if you plan if you play the combat it all gets condensed into one thing and then you can spread it out again like a like like a prism right um Mm -hmm. into this rainbow of different opportunities and use combat effectively like don't use it to just Get your players to roll dice use it effectively as a way to make the sca- story the game the characters more interesting that's yeah. what i want to say
2: mm.
0: and i think that about sums it up
1: for this one yeah i think this episode is done <laughs>
0: yeah uh th- thanks again for listening uh we really uh, really, uh, really really thank you for all of the lessons we got
1: yeah oh i need to
0: calm down from this one (laughs) yeah thanks everyone for following us either on spotify anchor something like that twitter Twitter. instagram yeah you're just amazing check out our discord yeah check out our twitch channel yeah we did that we have a Twitch Um, channel sometime in the future i i'll try to make an art stream or something yeah where i'll draw like in our new twitter header uh-huh. because yeah. i just got a <laughs> art tablet and i still getting i'm still getting used to this and if you want to yeah. see me fail join us i would love to um,
1: just for yeah. the failing part not for the progress part but for the failing failure yeah, well, of part. course um no but oh, yeah. but in general for the twitch channel like we we, we <clears> plan <throat> to to do art streams we maybe plan to do gaming like we we do mm. usually game a lot together so we will maybe do that as well um, yeah. Some Sea of Thieves, League of Legends, For the King are three games we actually play a lot together. For the King, I hate and I love this game. This game just, is incredibly oh. shit. Also, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe we will do act- we will do live episodes, live discussions with the chat, or maybe with other yeah. DMs. Um, we will maybe actually also. I don't want to to promise anything. Right now, but maybe actual play sessions as well, like one shots. Yeah, we talked we campaigns. talked about it a lot. Yeah. We, it's we definitely have, like I want to say we have nothing planned yet. Don't yeah. think that there will be something in a week or something there. Because we don't know. We just, we just have one now. Have the opportunity. Exactly. The opportunity stuff. is there now and we will update you on anything about that so yeah exactly um we are nearly at 1k li- uh, followers on twitter if we hit that goal amazing yeah 1k listens would be amazing yeah. right 1k followers uh, would also be amazing but we- if we hit that we will have a giveaway on our twitter um you can probably uh, enter through a lot of different ways so uh, stay tuned for that um next episode we may have a guest again maybe not I don't know yeah, yet. We're still on planning scheduling. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say who it is uh, yet because it's someone quite interesting, I think. Um, and yeah, that sums it up from my part. Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, follow us on Twitter. Exactly. Instagram at Pod. We have the Discord link in our link tree, which you can find on Twitter. I think our mm-hmm. Twitch is at Pod as well or double DM, something like that, but it's not there's nothing on there yet and nothing planned, so if you wanna hop in, sure. But yeah. That's about it. Then hear you on the next one and have a good one. Bye bye.
1: Bye bye